Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another excellent episode of the Minds on Muscle podcast by Brandon and Glenn, and I feel like a radio show host today. Welcome. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, I'm good, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I feel pretty energized. It's been a good morning. Lots of energy in here. Me like too. It. Yeah, me too. Got lots of sleep. I'm excited for this one because we often talk about all the things that go amazing and well, but very rarely do things go very amazing and well all the time. And so I think today, it's going to be an interesting episode talking about how we bounce back like rubber bands when life is not going our way. Bouncing back like rubber bands. So listen, everybody, if you're new here, we're the Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast. We have a marketing mentorship where we work with trainers just like you to help you two to three X your business. And at the end of the day, we just want you to succeed and have an amazing in-person business. One of the things that I have been really excited about teaching for years, and Glenn and Taylor have been super, super amazing as helping people in a one-on-one -on -one setting, is our marketing mentorship and teaching this idea of conversion events. And if you've been around for a while, we've talked about it a lot. And for me, it has been one of the most, and in my opinion, across the board for all students, the most successful mode to get the highest quality amount of leads in front of you and convert them. Why do you think that is? Uh, In-person events? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, oh, there's so many different things we could talk about. I'll do my best to short list. One, if you're doing in-person events and you're doing it at someone else's uh, facility or place, you get the inherent trust that those attendees have in that person who owns that business. So if we go do a presentation like I'm doing this week at a chiropractic clinic, I have the trust of those people already because they trust that chiropractor that's bringing me in. So it's, I've been, I've been pre-vetted by the authority. And so if they trust the authority, they then will trust me. And the other thing is that you get a full hour hour and a half, however long your presentation is to educate, to build trust, to show you know your stuff, to get people to feel things, to see things differently, to experience things differently. And every moment that they're uh, with you and they're feeling what it is that you're bringing to the table and they get to know, like, and trust you more, the greater the likelihood is that they're going to want to work with you. It's a lot easier to have conversations after a presentation about how you can help someone when they've already just spent 45 minutes listening to you and so that plus that trust really equals a lot of warm, hot leads. And the more hot leads and warm leads you have, the easier it is, is to build a business. At the end of the day, and beautiful explanation. Thank you, Glenn. Lead magnets. If we just talk about the word lead magnet, which is a really common word in business, right? It is a lead, potential prospect magnet. You're trying to pull people towards you. A presentation, something where you're like, three ways to improve mobility. The art and science of longevity. There's a very specific subject there. People come for that subject. If they come for that subject, they obviously have some interest if they drove all the way over for that. And they go, I want to learn about three different ways to improve mobility, which may mean they have an issue, concern, or pain point around mobility, which is always a very exciting thing. It means that the conversion is generally a lot higher. And if you've been around for a while, I'll tell you confidently, because I think it's important, this business has around $130, sorry, $130,000 of annual reoccurring revenue just from doing these types of events, clients that we've got that stick around every year. And this is going on like six or seven years. I've got clients that have been with me for eight or nine years, maybe even 10, to be honest. I have to double check, probably longer, to be honest, from just this type of event. Here's the reason why I'm babbling on about this. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm usually pretty darn good at these events. I have spoken in front of so many people. I've lost track of the number of presentations I've done. I don't get scared in front of people at all. I'm very comfortable with the information that I have, and I'm very comfortable at improvising. But last week, I had a presentation that I did, and it was the worst experience I'd had in probably 12 or 13 years. And it was outside of my control. 
and it was a bummer. And here's the reason why. I'll tell you the story in a second. Glenn, how many students have you worked with that have had a hard time or a bad experience when they try to do one of these events? I think everyone, anytime they try something new and different, is going to have a, a poor experience in their mind at some point. So I would say most everybody has had a poor experience if they're really new to presentations. If I ballparked the statistics for the events that I've done, my success rate is if I have 100% of people show up, I usually get around 70% of people that fill out our survey and opt-in form. And if we're lucky, I'd say between 15 and 25% come in the door or aren't interested in having a consultation, which is not that bad given if I've got a room of 20 people and we get five or six clients that come out of the whole thing. That's very, very cool and well worth my hour trade. Here's the story. I did a presentation at a place I have done before. When I've done the presentation before, I when I'm in the same location, I've had 20 people show up and we had a huge amount of people who were interested in becoming leads and Glenn gave them all a call. Very cool experience. I went back and I was very excited to go back. Now, a couple things happened and this is really why this is important. One, the facilitator I was dealing with left and there was a new facilitator. So now I had to build a new relationship with someone who was in charge of the whole health and fitness department of this senior center. Two, I was in a new location, which never changes anything for me, but there's always a dynamics change of being, I was in the theater room versus being in the other room and people are in these comfortable plushy chairs with lots of space when they were closer together before. So it changes the social experience. Three, the last woman that came in, without getting into too many particular details, but she had some form of inability to control the noises that she made. And every 45 seconds to minute, she would go, Ruh! and make a really loud grunting noise. And I don't know why, and truthfully, one of the things that we've learned from Greg Mack and some of the other courses and any course on sales is really if someone has an accent or some sort of challenge or something that's different, you shouldn't call them out on it. And especially in a group setting, I'm usually pretty good at being like, hey, excuse me, do you mind watching the tone, like bring your volume down a little bit? I'm pretty good with that. But this person, I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how to handle that noise. What made it a bit worse is as I was doing the presentation, the noise got louder. What made it a little extra worse is that in the entire room of 20 people, there was a series of uh, very affluent, excited, outspoken people in the room. And every three minutes, someone would go, shh, quiet, you should leave from behind her. And it was like very distracting for me because the facilitator of the entire event left the room. So I was alone in there with these 20 people, this one person making an uncontrollable noise that clearly had her own barriers that she was struggling with. I didn't know how to address her. And then the entire room is getting frustrated and angry. Shh, you should leave. You should leave. Shh. And it was stressful to say the least. I did the exact same presentation that I've always done. But I have to be honest, looking back on it, and I got to be honest, I never send Glenn or anybody a message after and go, and that was so great or that was terrible. But I finished and I got in the car and I messaged Glenn. I was like, that was the worst experience I've had in a long time. <laughs> I don't even know how to take that because I handed all the same documents. I did the exact same experience, but I am pretty sure that 99% of the people in the room yeah. did not hear a word that I said because everyone was so distracted by the noise and the frustration level in the room that was so, so high. It was a bit of a bummer. It sounds like it was a bummer, figuratively and technically. 
it was really, really hard. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but I've spoken at funerals before and I felt more comfortable speaking at the funerals than I have here <laughs> because it was because the funerals. It's like no one's making any noise except there's a little bit of sadness, which is not a funny thing. I don't mean laughing at that, but it's like a it's a flat slate. I can kind of just go. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's you, you have this experience where it was completely, I will say in a way, completely new. Never had to deal with this before. And you didn't have the the necessary tools in that moment to deal with that situation. To be honest, hindsight, I still, I, I mean, when I got home, I told, talked to my wife about it. And she's usually, really, she's like, what would you do different next time? I'm like, I actually have no idea. Because mm -hmm. it was so, the problem was is that the, the interruptions were so spaced out. Yeah. That it wasn't like they were just all like jammering. And I'd be like, hey, excuse me, everybody. Could you be quiet, right? Yeah. But like, what do you say? Excuse me, can you stop yelling at this woman? Excuse me, can you stop making that noise with your mouth? Like, I, I actually don't know. I, I know what I'm going to do now. I will say that. <laughs> but looking back into that scenario, if I had the exact same uh, event happen, I actually don't know exactly what I would do. Well, I mean, maybe this is the first thing is that like sometimes crappy things are going to happen. And you ought not beat yourself up because really there's not much you could do in that situation. It really is out of your control within like the means of, of your role in that particular position. My, I have, I have opinions. My two cents would be, I mean, I'm, if I, if this, if I, from what information I have first, I would hope and ask and have it somehow so that the facilitator is there next time to manage the people on your behalf. That's kind of like the first thing that I would be thinking about because you're there as the presenter. You're not there as like the room manager, right? And, right, right. And, and, and if she's not, and if she wasn't there, I don't think you could do anything else, but you know, we'll digress. We'll, we'll, I'll let you well, start there I would, and we'll go from she's there. Usually 80% of the time, Glenn Taylor or someone comes with me because I use them as a demo. I didn't need a demo for this particular one, but I was thinking, boy, I wish somebody else was here <laughs> because I could be like, Glenn, can you just go get the facility? Just have them. Yeah. I mean, one time. But anyway, so... I'll, here's what I want to share with you. Like Glenn said, exactly, when you do things, there are going to be times that you miss the shot for reasons outside of your control. Your shoe breaks. I'm thinking there's this great video I just posted about this uh, wonderful basketball coach talking about he takes 500 shots a day to perfect everything, and he always figures out what doesn't go well. At the end of the day, if you have a miss, it's either within your control or outside of your control. And within this particular scenario, it was 100% outside of my control. The only way I could have been in more control if I was louder and more aggressive. And I don't know if I would have felt really comfortable with that. But here's what I did to turn the whole thing around. The end of the presentation of the 20 people that were there, I think it was 19 to be exact, but I keep rounding up to 20. I got no leads, no interested folks whatsoever. None. Everyone left at the presentation. I'd never had anybody leave so fast really in a long time. But it gave me a little extra time to talk to the facilitator. Now, the facilitator, who I won't name, but she was very, very professional. She was just very busy. She was on her way to bingo. And so what we did is I said, hey, listen, that went really well. There were some things I'd love to talk to you about if we got a couple minutes when I can call you this week. But I have another presentation that I was planning on doing when I talked to the other lady. Three ways to improve mobility and keep it. It's a very fun, interactive workshop. Let's set that up. She goes, that's a great idea. We're going to set up a date in six weeks. Call me on Tuesday. And so here's the only thing that I want to throw out there is that I was not happy about how the whole thing turned out. But at the end of the whole thing, the only thing I'm always thinking when I finish any event, when I finish anything, any social media post, any conversation, any sales meeting is what's next. Because instead of like Glenn said, really stewing in the moment, I could have sat there and been really, really angry. I made sure that before I ran out of the opportunity to talk to this woman, I went and made a contact with her. 
And we set up another scenario to have a conversation. And we're setting up a mobility presentation. I'm talking to her later today to set it up in six weeks from now. I think for the visual people out there, uh, maybe not even just the visual people, for everybody, this is why systems are so important. Because if you have a system for everything that you do, when something doesn't go the way you want it to or suboptimally, you can look at the system and say, where was the breakdown? And now what thing do I have to put in place to make sure the system doesn't break down again? And so in this particular case, it could be assuring that the facilitator is there for the next presentation so that if anyone has any needs or something needs to be dealt with, the facilitator will take care of that for Brandon. It could be as simple, it could be as, simple as that, right? Um, and to Brandon's point, yeah, you can't, you can't dwell on anything. And some people are going to be like the Gary Vaynerchuks, if you're unfamiliar with who he is. He's like a big you know, social media guy, big marketing company guy. And, and Gary Vaynerchuk is very just like, he's able to keep his head down and keep going no matter how many obstacles are in his head. It's, it's not very, it doesn't seem like it's very hard for him to, when he has like a bad day, see that as like a bad thing. He just sees everything as a positive learning experience and he moves forward. And not everyone's that blessed. Other people might need to go like the Tony Robbins route where if you're not really feeling great, one of the things Tony Robbins says is you got to like change your physiological energy. If you're feeling down and bad about yourself, you got to go have like a good hard workout or you've got to write in your gratitude journal and change your physiology by doing like a handwriting thing or you jump up and down for a minute smiling and change your physiology. Oh, I know it sounds kind of weird and, and, and to maybe extent woo-woo and I'm kind of making up some of the stuff as I go along. He doesn't say jump up and down and smile but he is big on you. Ch if you change your biology and your physiology in that moment, you will affect your mental and your brain state. And if you can affect your mental and brain state and change it from woe is me and then not have yourself take any other action or have that filter negatively into the rest of your sessions that day, that's going to be terrible for your business. But if you can find a way to shift your energy and shift the direction that you're moving, all of a sudden you'll start seeing the solutions more readily. The rest of the sessions that you have clients for the day are going to be great and you can progress your business forward. And so if you aren't feeling great after a presentation or something doesn't go well, you better either be the kind of person where you don't dwell on it, you move forward, and that sounds like Brandon, which is great, or if you're like me, where sometimes you might dwell on that stuff, you've got to figure out some strategies to shift yourself into a different mode and continue forward. But you can't, you can't, you can't have a pity party. You can't. You you can, I mean, you can, but how's that going to serve you? you got to figure it out. Right? Yeah. you got to figure it out and get through it. So the last thing that I'll kind of close on with this little story, bad experience, uh, positive outcome, really, really great location, really, really great professional, right? We're just going to try and clean things up. The last thing I'm going to do when I talk to her on the phone, I'm going to be honest, we're going to set up the date. We're going to talk about the thing. I'll talk about the marking materials. And then I'm going to be like, hey, listen, really quick before we finish up, had an interesting experience in the presentation and just want to ask your opinion of how I should handle it going forward. Because ultimately, I think there was a decreased quality in experience for people in the room outside of the one person. And, that's why, and I'm just going to be very frank. There was a woman in the room. She's making a lot of noise. It frustrated the whole audience. It seemed like people weren't really receptive. And I just don't know what to do. How's the best way to handle it within your environment? And long story short, get her professional feedback because now I'm giving her the ball and I'm not just complaining and be like, hey, just letting you know it sucked. Where I can be like, hey, listen, there was an experience I had and I want to know what you think I should do within your world. So I'm handing the ball back to her and saying, hey, listen, what do you yeah. think I should do? Yeah, th this works really well for two reasons. Uh, one, Brandon is already hammering out all the next steps for the next presentation. So the momentum and inertia 
Um, and like the time and the energy and the resources over the first five or 10 minutes has already been put into the next thing that we're doing. So that's almost like getting more set in stone and hammered down. Because there's potential, could or could not, brands are very, brands are wonderful at discussing problems with people, breaking through hard stuff and make, you know, branding can bring up problems to people and have them not experience it being negative or their fault. Maybe that's a skill that you're great at, maybe not. And for the people that that's not and you have to work on it, we'll talk about that in just one second, but setting up all the details first and having the inertia go into the next presentation, having that set in stone makes it a lot harder to undo all that stuff if this is a tough conversation coming up. And the next thing that Brand's discussing, um, that is the, the idea of like, you know, what would you do if, if you were in my shoes? This is beautiful for any difficult conversation you're having, whether it's with someone you're setting a presentation up or with a client that's not doing the homework or whatever that might be. And this is something I actually picked up from Chris Voss um, from The Art of Negotiation, a masterclass I watched. How and what questions where you ask them what you would do in my position forces a kind of empathy where they actually have to step into your shoes and see things from your point of view and that A, has them come on your side and B, has them really understand how you feel. And it's not putting the onus on them for your feelings, but it allows you and them to kind of meet in the middle and connect on a deeper way. And so by Brandon saying things like, you know, what would you do differently if you're in my shoes? Like how, you know, how could I change this? How and what questions are, are great? Right in that kind of regard. Hey, if you were in my position, what could I do differently? Because I really want to make sure this is positive for you and your people. How could I have done this differently? What would you do if you were in my shoes? How would you have done this differently if you were in my shoes? It's the same thing with clients and homework. I don't believe in this, but it's so important. It's a great tool to have in your toolbox. If there's a client that's not adhering to their diet or they're not doing their at-home homework, and you say to them, hey, listen, I want you to get the most out of this experience and that little bit of homework you do every day is really going to help you move this process forward exponentially so. And I'm worried that by me bringing it up and you not doing it, you're going to you know, be upset with me. If you're in my shoes, how should I handle this next time you come in and you don't do your homework? No wrong making. I just want to understand what the best way to support you is. And then they'll put themselves in your shoes and they'll tell you what you ought to do. And because you've now had this conversation their adherence rate to the homework is likely to go up because they don't want to have to go through that conversation afterwards. Right. But because they've already told you how to act, they can't really be upset with you for acting that way afterwards. So these how and what questions, getting that kind of forced empathy is really, really a strong way to move any kind of relationship forward in a powerful, non-wrong-making way. I love that tool. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Eloquently yeah. put. Cheers. Eloquently put. Anywho, that's where we're going to put a pin in this conversation. But just want you to know you can take a bad situation and turn it around real quick. You just got to make sure you have a game plan going in, have a system like Glenn is talking about. And if you systematize the whole thing, that's great. Just wrapping today up. Glenn, what's your pick of the week? Yeah, I was thinking about this a little bit and I went away for this weekend uh, and I spent some time in Kingston and uh, my friends live there. So I was there for two days, three nights, which is unusual for me because I'm usually at home. I don't travel a whole bunch. I'm usually with my wife every day. And uh, we had this experience where every time I go away for a week and I come back or she goes away for a weekend and then she comes back, the being outside of our routine, being in new places, different environments, that kind of stimuli has you start seeing things a little bit differently. You learn 
at, I would say, more of an accelerated rate because you're being exposed to different uh, stimulus. One of the things I got from this weekend is I realized how much I really just appreciate a simple life. And my wife realized how much she just pushed herself to do things that she doesn't really necessarily need to do just for the sake of always feeling like she's doing something that's important instead of maybe resting and relaxing and recharging herself so she can focus on the important things. And so this is really, really a great thing. And I'm not saying go on vacation for two or three days or whatever. What I am saying is if you can do things in your life a little bit differently, maybe just take a slightly different route to work or change up your morning routine just a little bit. That different exposure to your nervous system in your brain will actually have you start seeing things a little bit different in your life. You'll help you start solving problems that maybe you couldn't solve before because you're always thinking the same way. So doing things differently, different environment, different stimulus equals different ways of thinking equals solving problems uh, with different solutions that you might not have thought of before. So my pick of the week is do something a little bit different. Take a slightly different right route, uh, route home from work. Maybe have a slightly different coffee order. I don't know, but find a way to do things a little bit different and explain, expose your brain to a little bit more variety and come up with some different solutions to some problems that you've been having. That's my pick of the week, Brandon. You know, the thing I miss so much is I used to go to like Oklahoma a lot for RTS mm, Mastery yeah. and it's been just years since I've done that. I would go three or four times a year on a plane and I always love that because it was that exact same experience where I come back and be like, oh, I, I missed this or I don't need to do this or this just yeah. felt good and the simplicity was really exposed by being in a plane with a bag. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, what I want to do is I want to throw an idea out there for you. It's a marketing pick. And I've kind of said this before in a few different, more expansive tones, but what I want to throw out there to you is if you are doing any form of advertising whatsoever, I don't care what it is, what I want you to really aim for is that you promote and share a message so much, so consistently so well, that you have people ask you if you, they, you can help them with a problem, right? If you can share a message and say that I help people with exercise programs at a very professional level, and you start have people reaching out to you, saying, I'm looking for help. I have a shoulder pain and I want an exercise program to help with this. I'm looking for a professional fitness person. I need help with my back and everything I'm trying hasn't worked. I want you to really, really strive that if you're on social media, if you're doing in-person events, I want you to think about sharing so much value that people come to you and approach you about solving their problem as opposed to you reaching out to them because direct messaging and there's all this outreach stuff where you call people, right? that's all very important skills to learn. But I want you to think about how can you do such a good job providing so much value that people come to you? Because if they come to you, that makes the entire business growth thing so easy. Yeah, and that's really where, you know, really, really understanding your ideal target audience, which is why we always really start with that. Even if people think they understand it, we always try to go as deep as we can. Because if you understand like what your tools that you have to do your thing are, which is exercise, and you understand deeply the people that you serve in that community, whether it's like 50-year-old golfers or whatever that might be, and you understand their pains and their discomforts that are frustrated and upset and angry because they have pain that limits them from golfing, and you, you, you really craft that message out. And that's what goes into your social media profile, your website. All that consistency just builds up and those people find you. And I think the hardest thing about that particular thing is that people worry that if they have too crystal clear of a niche or a message, they're going to miss everybody else that they could potentially be helping. It's really not the case because even if that's how you promote and market yourself, you are still going to be sharing other information out there that'll help people with a lot of other different things and they'll, they'll catch on to that. But more than that, if you're for everyone, you're for no one. And you really have to get into that, into, into that deep messaging. Maybe you don't have to necessarily say like you do 
golf only, unless that's something you're really passionate about. But a lot of our students that have the most powerful businesses, they're the ones that have like a really crystal clear niche and they're so consistent with their messaging inside that niche that they get really busy. We had a student in our program, um, I won't name his name, but he was in Chicago and it was golf, 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 golf. Started a podcast, he's done like a lot of crazy cool things. And now he's got, and I think he even had before, like just high level golfers, people that run professional golf circuits work with him because golf and exercises is a niche. And so you have to figure out what your niche is and the message has to be so crystal clear every single time, every time. I love it, Glenn. Everyone, thanks so much for being here. Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast. Glenn and I have the Minds of the Muscle show going on a long time doing this, which is badass. Badass, baby. Thanks so much for being here. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, please join the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. Tons of trainings, tons of podcasts, and there are tons of amazing people. And we'll see everybody real soon. Take care, everybody.